it ended the way we didn't want to at all. But uh, we will be here back next year. We will win the national championship next year, mark my word. It ended the way we didn't want to at all. But uh, we will be here back next year. We will win the national championship next year, mark my word. Oh, my, oh, my. Don't those words just get you absolutely freaking jacked? I know I'm fully torqued just listening to them. We will be back here next year. We will win a national championship. Mark my words. That's my man, Big Dick Mac, the man with the plan. The dogs are back in Omaha, baby. We are back. Back-to-back years, the dogs are back in Omaha and the 11th time in school history. That's right, 11, the lucky ones, the lucky ones, 11-11, make your wish. But don't tell me your wish because otherwise it won't come true. But the dogs are back for the 11th time in school history, back to Omaha, and welcome to Son of a Pitch, my dudes and babes of the world, coming at you live from The Bay Capital of the whole entire universe, the greatest city on the planet, Madison, Mississippi, a.k.a. Let me hear ya. Let me hear ya. Bricks. I'm the host you all love the most, Stanford Reed Parks, that scrap deer drop net spelled backwards, and man, oh man, got a spectacular spectacular show for you today. What an incredible weekend it was. Stanford, just like we all expected, Stanford parents, the Stanford players, they were all awesome. I know we all didn't doubt that one bit since they had the name Stanford or supporting Stanford. And we all know that all Stanfords are awesome. All Stanfords are great. Just think of Tiger Woods, Andrew Luck, uh, Christian McCaffrey, you know, Reese Witherspoon. The list goes on and on. All Stanford's the GOATs. They are the gro- GOATs, and they were awesome this past weekend. They were absolutely awesome, and Dogs won a crazy game. We had, I, I cry like a little girl during that magical ninth inning. I was an emotional wreck. I swear everybody thought, like, something happened to me or something, but I just was bawling crazy. I was balling like crazy. The field for Omaha is set. So, hey, let's digest into the show. Let's hop right into her. And I first just want to talk about just how awesome Stanford was. Stanford was freaking awesome. Their parents were great. So, started off, we're at Bulldog Burger. Started off at Bulldog Burger. You know, while we walk in there, me and the guys, I got, you know, superstitions, just like regional weekend. We went to Bulldog Burger. I got a Bloody Mary, and I got the appetizer wings. I got six wings, did my thing, drank a Bloody Mary. Then we went back over the bars to uh, Classroom or Drift Nation, one of those two. So we did the exact same thing. Yeah, superstitions. Superstitions. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So we did it again. And when I walk in, of course, we just see a huge table of Stanford people. And I see a guy in the Stanford shirt drinking a yingding. I go, oh, that's my guy there. That is my guy. So I holler at the waitress. I go, hey, baby. Hey, baby, come over here for a second. You see that man right there? The guy in the Stanford shirt drinking a yingding? Why don't you go, uh, go get him a, another beer and put it on my tab and go give that to him and tell him I said he's the man. 
Just like that, she went and did that. It took them forever to finally drink the beer. But then the Stanford fans flexed their muscles on us. They flexed their money on us. And I go, oh, look at these guys. And this guy just getting us one thing. We'll show them. We'll show them how it's really done here. We'll show them how we do it West Coast style. So we are like at 1 o'clock. Next thing we know, there's a round of shots being brought to our table. And there's like 10 of us there. 10 people there. Me and the guys, you know, just doing our thing. And we're taking shots of some of the finest whiskey they had. The man walked, told the bartender, and goes, hey, I need... Uh, shots, uh, round of shots for this whole table, the best whiskey you got, put it on my tab, and that was absolutely awesome, I went over there, told them thank you, shook their hands, I took, <laughs> and when I told them my name was Stanford, they absolutely erupted, they couldn't get over it, they're just sitting there killing it, and we're laughing, having a good time, the Stanford fans were great, they had posters with Stanford all up in the stadium, I love seeing that, because it's such a fabulous name, as we all know, and just like that, and just like that, I become an even bigger Stanford guy, an even bigger Stanford guy. That's right. That means every West Coast West Coast late night football game this upcoming fall, we're betting Stanford every single time, and we're going to wake up in the morning on Sunday morning, check our phone, and look up, boom, Stanford covers, because they always do, and they're spectacular. That's just what's going to happen. Stanford and the Central Michigan guys were absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. The Pac-12 betting on Stanford every late night game this fall. Central Michigan, oh, every midweek matching game. Oh, you better believe I am pounding the Chippewas because they're going to do me a solid. We showed them a good time. They're going to return the favor and cover and win us all money. So we're betting the Chippewas every midweek game. And we're even going to bet them in their uh, whatever bowl game they go to. What is it, the Dollar General Bowl or the freaking uh, the Little Caesars Bowl or whatever, you know, whatever poop matching bowl games they go to. We're taking the Chippewas because they're awesome. We're also taking Stanford. We are also taking Stanford in every West Coast game. And I can't get over my man Brandon Wolf. Brandon Wolf, right fielder for Stanford. Him and Kyle Stowers, the left fielder for Stanford. Those dudes were awesome. Absolutely awesome. They killed it. My man Brandon brought me a Stanford baseball shirt. I told him my name was Stanford. He goes, hey, I got you. I got the hookup for you. He came and brought me a shirt. He was tweeting us before the game. He tweeted at me after the game saying how awesome it was. How If he could have chose one way to end his college career, he thought that was a pretty awesome way of ending his college career, having fun with us out in the outfield. And he was just so cool. He was so incredible. He would talk back to us. You know, he'd throw gum into the stands. He'd throw balls at all the fans. You know, he was getting an earful the whole time. I know there's countless Rachel chants going at him. I believe that was his sister. Just dogging him about Rachel. I know a few times, uh, a few crazy fans throw a hot dog at him at one time and say, ask me about my wiener. That's what happened. And they were just so cool. Absolutely great guys. So, First thing I noticed from this past weekend is that, just like as we all expected, Stanford equals awesome. Stanford is awesome. All right, let's keep her rolling. Let's keep her moving along because the dogs are going to Omaha, baby. Dogs are going to Omaha. Clear your freaking June. We sleep in July. I hope all my dudes... 
have their postseason stashes. I hope they're rocking their postseason stash because we're giving free mustache rides to all the babes for the whole month of June. So, babes, y'all are in luck. Free mustache rides for y'all. I know you're going to be enjoying all that. Let's go to... Let's go on to our next segment. Let's just talk about two, let's talk about game one. Let's talk about game one this past weekend. It was absolutely electric crowd. The atmosphere was through the roof. Uh, the game was originally scheduled for two o'clock, two p.m. So me and my boy, Mister Swag himself, Salty Mike, got in our car, leaving from the Brick City around. I think we left around eight thirty-ish, I believe. Eight thirty is what I want to say. Got there plenty of time, and just like that, we check Twitter and see the game has been pushed back to 7 p.m., and you know what that means. That gives us five extra hours to prepare ourselves, to get ourselves locked in, to keep our, get ourselves with a lot of focus and a lot of energy, and get ourselves well hydrated, and that we did. We killed it at the classroom. Shout out to my man Pace for hooking up, hooking us all up with drinks. I appreciate you, my man. Then I told you earlier we went to Bulldog Burger, hung out with the Stanford fans, which y'all know, coolest people ever. Only thing I'm mad about, I didn't, I didn't freaking uh, tell them all my you know future business ideas because I wanted them to, invest, I wanted all their money back Stanford to, to invest in it. I should have told. I should have told them about the podcast. I should have told them about some of the pitch. Got their money. Got them to invest in it, and we could have been taken off. We could have been taken off, baby. But anyways, we went to the bars. Absolutely killed it. Got well liquored up. Well, lot of ying dings in. Lot of yinger dingers. And shout out to my man. Time out. Y'all gotta love this. Shout out to my man Krabby Patty. That's right, my man Krabby Patty with a power move. On Saturday, after we got done eating at Bulldog Burger, instead of going to Drifters to keep drinking with us, he went to the apartment we were staying at and shaved his beard and kept the mustache and the stash looked absolutely phenomenal. And I can't help but think that played a huge role in the doll's success this past weekend. I can't help but think that. So shout out to my man Krabby. You absolutely killed it. Now let's digest into this game. We got there bright and early. I think we were at the game by like 4.50. We were there early. Got to get our spot on the wall. And while, while we were at Drifters, let's back it up. My apologies. Back it up. While we were at Drifters, before we left, your boy here, everybody was giving their predictions for the game. Giving their predictions for the game. Once I got a few ying dings in me, my mind was finally thinking right. Thinking like a dog. I go, hey. We're going to score the GOAT number of runs, six, and they're going to score two. We're going to win 6-2, game one. 6-2, game one. Hmm. <laughs> well, sure enough, your boy was perfect on the prediction. That's right, because the dogs went 6-2 in game one. Let me tell you how that happened. Ethan Small was electric yet again. He went six innings, uh, gave up five hits, gave one run, but no earned runs. Uh, he had eight strikeouts and two walks. Ethan Small killed again. SEC Pitcher of the Year, Player of the Year, uh, pl- Pitcher of the Year in the nation, I think. It's absolutely doing good stuff. First round draft pick, Mr. Moneybags himself. I need to see if he can, you know, I might, I might shoot him a little Venmo request. You know, say, hey, shoot me, shoot me a bone over here. Shoot me a bone over here. So the dogs killed it. Small killed it. 
Uh, Westy, he goes two for five with an RBI. Tanner Allen goes two for five with a ribby as well. Uh, Hatcher, my man Hatch, that dude is playing some ball. He's hitting the ball spectacularly. He's trying to claim his spot in the lineup, and I think he has whenever we're facing right-handed pitchers. I believe he will be the DH every time we face a right-hander in Omaha, so we got to keep that rolling. And then my man D. Skelt, Dustin Skelt. Skelton was once again clutch all weekend. He had another big hit in game one. He went two for four with two ribbies. You got to love that. But but one thing I also want to talk about, I had a, we had a tea sunbathe there with us. A tea sunbathe with us. And I gave her, you know, my gummies. You know, right? I gave her my gummies. Say, hey, hang on to these. You know, my pockets are full. Keep them in your purse. And I'll keep giving, you know, hits of my Julie Turner. Which, by the way, I had mango pods and went through 2.5 pods and one game. That's right. 2.5 pods. One game. I think at least 50 people hit my Julie Turner. Because everybody just was craving that mango. Everybody was craving the mango. So we had the T-Sun babe here. Then we brought her up to the fence, you know. And we're to love talking to Brandon. Go, hey, Brandon. She's going to show us. She's going to show you uh, show you her boobs. She's going to show you her boobs. You know, we're trying to do whatever it took to get in his head. And, you know, who's not going to look at boobs? I, mean, I know I am. No matter what kind of boobs they are, I'm going to stare at them because boobs are one of the greatest things on the planet, on the whole planet. Boobs are great. But she didn't show them. You know why she didn't show them? Because she was wearing sticky boobs. Oh, freaking sticky boobs. Sticky boobs are a weird thing. You ever thought about how weird sticky boobs are? I mean, when I when I get drunk, you know, going going with the baby, you know, she's wearing sticky boobs, you know, I'm just going to like rip it off like a bandit. Oh, get that thing off. Get that off. Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, then when I'm sober, I'm just like, I, I just want to peel it off. Just barely touch it. I feel like it's going to hurt them. I don't know, but sticky boobs are a weird thing. And then when I gave this baby the gummies, uh, I asked for, you know, some more about in the fifth inning. She goes, oh, I threw them away. What? You threw my gummies or what? Okay, one thing, y'all. Do not throw away white man's gummies. Don't ever do that. That's going to get yourself hurt. You never know the consequences for that. You don't mess with a white man's gummies. That's just a... I thought everybody knew that. She clearly didn't. I'm guessing it's because she uh, attends T-Sun or used to go to T-Sun. And that all made sense. And but and she didn't show her boobs, so she went over two that game, absolutely terrible. But hey, the dogs still won. The dogs got it done. Six two was the final. And guess what happened afterwards? Guess what happened afterwards? No, I didn't get lucky. I didn't even get nowhere close to getting lucky this weekend. I stood no chance. Didn't have a chance with the ladies this past weekend. But we got to the bar. We got to the bar late. Me and Walter cleaned up the whole dude after game one because it was a pig pen. There were beer cans everywhere. And we had to keep the dude beautiful. You know, that's what we do. We keep the dude beautiful. So we go to the bin, get a drink. And then afterwards, of course, it's pizza time, baby. And just like last week, what do we do? Me and my boy Salty Mike. That's right. We holler up Papa Jay. And once again, we put the mustard on the pizza. That's right, mustard on pizza, round two. It works again. And I'm telling y'all, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's pretty dang good, especially when you're, especially when you're yin ding face and after a dog's victory, it tastes even better. It was 
so incredibly good. I gave it a solid 8-6 rating. The mustard is the thing. Hey, we all remember last year we were, you know, we had the rally bananas, right? The rally bananas. Not this year, baby. It's another yellow substance, another yellow item, but it's the mustard. That's right. Rally mustard this year. We're going to be putting mustard costume. We're putting mustard on everything, and especially on our pizza because it goes like peanut butter and jelly. I'm starting to think mustard on pizza is better than ranch on pizza. Call me crazy. Call me crazy, but mustard on pizza works. It's magic yet again, and it was just a... And, you know, a perfect day for me with a perfect prediction score. Got to love that. Let's keep her rolling, baby. Let's keep her rolling. Dogs are going to Omaha. Collar up the black. Call the black. Call the mattress factory. Go ahead and tell them to open up a tab and keep it open for the next couple weeks. Because it's the dog's year, baby. It's the dog's year. Let's go to our next segment. I want to talk about, let's talk about game two. Game two, the duty dream. The most magical game I have ever seen in my whole entire life. I mean, people in Hollywood couldn't have written a better script than what took place at Duty Noble Field on Sunday night. Let's go right into it. We started our man Plumley. He's been pitching lights out for us. Been a solid number three, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm kind of liking him as our number two. You know, I kind of am. He's pitching with a little swagger. But my man Plumsall, Plumsalls, he senior, senior Peyton Plumley, didn't get to travel with the team last year to Omaha, and you know he felt terrible for it. So how awesome is it? That the fact we send him out to the mound to pitch game two to give us the victory and send us to Omaha. It, per- oh, it was just so perfect. He was lights out. He went uh, with six, point, six and two-thirds innings pitch. Uh, gave up only two hits. One hit was in the first inning when he gave up a home run to Kyle Stowers. And he gave up, uh, gave up another hit later on. Only had one earned run. And with six Ks, goat number, and one walk, Plum Sauce pitched a heck of a ball game in his last ever game at the Dude. That was absolutely awesome. Killed it. And, it, you know, great story for him. A great freaking story for him. Comeback story. I love it. Love it. Love it. Then we had Skelton. Another big game from Skelton. He goes two for four with three RBIs with eight. With that, uh, with that bases loaded triple that I swore went over the fence. I know I beer showered everybody thinking it went over, but you know I guess it was just a triple. But hey, hit a triple, come on a nipple, humby, humbabe, humbabe. So the dogs, dogs up five one. Going into the ninth, going into the ninth inning, top of the ninth, and go figure. Jake Mangum leads off the top of the ninth inning. Are you kidding me? It just happened that Marshall Gilbert got out uh, got out last in the eighth. And Mangum comes up and leads off one last time. And what does he do? Just like his first time, he gets a base hit. Base hit through the six hole. And gosh, that was absolutely awesome. I know... He was pumped for that. I know everybody was pumped for that. Everybody wanted to see him go out on top. 
And then Wesley gets on. And then that's where the magic happens. That's where the magic happens. My man, Big Dick Mac, steps up to the plate. My man's been in a slump. My man's coming off surgery. He got hurt. My man's granddad passed away, and they were real close, and I was eating them up inside. Much love to you, my man, Big Dick Mac. Much love to you. I know that's always tough. And he was just, you know, nothing was going his way. Nothing was going his way. And then he steps up to the plate. Steps up to the plate. Doesn't get drafted. I mean, think about not getting drafted. You see all your teammates getting drafted. Senior be killing it. All these big hits he's had for us. You know he's been extremely down about that. But he doesn't let him bother him. He doesn't let it bother him. He trusts the big man. Trusts the big guy in the sky. The man upstairs. He puts his life into his hands. And he he delivers. And his last A-B. I know y'all are thinking. Y'all already missed it. I know y'all do. My man steps up. I'm already I'm already an emotional wreck at this point. I'm already an emotional wreck seeing Jake lead off for the last time. And, of course, he swings at the first pitch. Typical Jake does. Swings at the first pitch. The most aggressive leadoff hitter I've ever seen, but I love that. And he gets a base hit. The mat comes up. 3-2 count. And then he hits a ball. But, oh, my gosh. The stadium absolutely erupts. He pimps the living poop out of it. I start crying like a like a sixth grade girl who got dumped at a cultural center dance. I was an emotional wreck, crying on everybody's shoulder, giving everybody hugs left and right. Everybody, you know, I told you earlier, everybody thought there was something wrong with me, but I just couldn't, I couldn't control my emotions. I couldn't control my emotions. This isn't the first time Big Dick Mac has done this to me. As we all remember last year, last year, Tallahassee, um, Game two of the regional. Lost the first one to Oklahoma, like 20 to 10. Got to play Florida State the next morning. National City, Florida State, that is. Down 2-0, bottom nine. Two outs, runner on first and second. What does he do? Two strikes on him. Hits a drive, deep to left field. And he hits the dinger. And once again, I couldn't control my emotions. And instead of crying, I yacked all over uh, Cat Babe, my man John Mathis. They weren't too mad. They, we all agree that was the best yak of all of our lives. It was definitely well-deserved. So Max, two home runs. The one in Tallahassee makes me yak all over people. And then the one at the dude, the duty dream, makes me cry like a little girl, like a sixth-grade babe, like a sixth-grade gal who got dumped. And then the one at the Super Regionals to walk off, Vandy last year, was the first time when he hit that walk off in the 10th, the first time I ever said the words Big Dick Mac. It was the first time it came out mouth. And that was, I mean, he's had three of the biggest home runs I've ever seen. And they've all three have impacted me deeply and greatly. And that was, oh my gosh, I, I'm telling you I could not stop crying. I don't know what it was. I was 
you know, been drinking some dings, so that might help me being a little more emotional. But oh my goodness, all of Starkville now knows, you know, I'm an emotional mess. They all know, you know, I wear, I wear my feelings on my sleeves, and I just started bawling. I couldn't stop crying. I was giving hugs. Everybody, you know, just couldn't believe it. It was awesome, though. Greatest thing I've ever seen. And then, of course, so he hits the home run, pimps it, crowd erupts. They couldn't get over it. And then bottom nine, who do we bring in to close it to send us to Omaha? No other than Mr. Cole Gordon, the guy we had to beg to come back and play for us this year. I don't know if y'all know, he didn't want to come didn't want to play after last year. He's like, oh, I think I might just hang it up. But we convinced him, comes back, and he's been dynamite. The dude's got some absolute kahunas on him. He's got some massive balls when he's on the when he's on the bump. And it shows. And he's not intimidated. He's not scared. He goes in there. And he had a one, two, three, ninth inning with two strikeouts. It was picture perfect. Dogs go to Omaha. Dogs go to Omaha, baby. Let's keep her rolling. Let's keep her moving along, my dudes and babes of the world. Let's do a little preview on the Omaha 8 field. Let's digest into it. Let's see how they did this past weekend. Let me tell you a few things that you need to know. So let's hop into it. Let's first start with Arkansas, who took care of T-Sun this past weekend. A wild series it was. Went, to, went, uh, went all three games, and all three were not close. Game one, Hogs won 11-2, absolutely crushed the ball. Isaiah Campbell threw a gem for him in his last game at Bomb Stadium. And then in game two, you had T-Sun win 13-5. T-Sun beats him 13-5 after losing 11-2 the day before. And then game three, the decisive game three, Hogs win 14-1, an absolute blowout again. And just like the dogs, back-to-back years, back-to-back consecutive years on going to Omaha for the Hogs. I know they're going to bring a lot of fans. I expect the stadium in Omaha to have a lot of Mississippi State and a lot of Arkansas fans there. I think both fan bases will be packing out the stadium. Yeah, Hogs, 10th time in Omaha. They are have a career record of 15 and 18 at games played in Omaha in the College World Series. That's just three games under 500. So, you know, they're okay. They're doing all right there. They win a few, then they lose. That's what they do. They had seven players drafted this year. Seven guys drafted off this squad, but they also have a lot of young talent on their team. Seven guys drafted. They have Dominic Fletcher, a center fielder, stud. Uh, drafted in the second round, 75th pick by the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then the Friday night guy, the guy who's been there for years, Mr. Four Eyes McGee, Isaiah Campbell. Uh, he was drafted in the second round. Also, the very next pick pick after Dominic Fletcher with the 76. He was drafted by the Seattle Mariners. And another stud arm, their stud closer, the hard thrower, the hard flamer thrower, the lefty, Mr. Matt Cronin. He was drafted in the fourth round by the Nationals, and those were the top three guys drafted for them. That's seven total guys drafted, but Arkansas is in to Omaha for back-to-back years. All right, let's keep her moving. Let's go to our next. We got Auburn, the Auburn Tigers. How about Auburn Tigers? Oh, Butch Thompson taking Auburn, bringing them to Omaha. 
Patriots for their fifth time in school history. They got a career record of 3-8 in Omaha, so not too much success. But hey, this could be it. But they got a tall task on that Friday, on that uh, Sunday night game. Let me tell you that. Very tall task. Uh, this weekend, they came from behind to beat North Carolina in game one. They were losing most of that game. I remember it. I was at the bar. I was telling my friends, because I, I put money on uh, Auburn game one, like plus 130. Knew it was going to hit. Duh. Knew it was going to hit. And they were down. They are losing. Everybody's like, saying, look, you're going to lose this bet. I go, no, no, no. Don't worry. Auburn's a 7, 8, 9, 18. Don't worry. They'll come back. Sure enough, they come back and win game one. 11 to 7. And then game two, they get shut out. A pitcher's duel. Not a lot of offense. They lose game two to the Heels. Two to nothing before game three, where they put an absolute butt whooping on them. Score like 13 runs in the first inning, I think. And they won game three, 14 to 7. A little, you know, a good little football score there. 14 to 7. Touchdown, two touchdowns for the Tigers, one TD for the Hills. And Auburn. Marches on to Omaha. It's going to be fun. It, they're going to love it there. Good for them. They had five guys drafted this past year. Just five. Only five. They have Will Holland, their shortstop, was drafted, drafted in the fifth round by the Minnesota Twins. They also had Davis Daniel, right-hand pitcher, drafted in the seventh by the Angels. And their second baseman, Edward, Edward Julian, was drafted by the Twins in the 18th. So Auburn's got five guys who were drafted. They are looking to make some noise. But honestly, I think they're just kind of happy by being there. I think they're just kind of happy by being there. But good for Butch Thompson coming to Omaha. Next, we got the Florida State Seminoles going to Baton Rouge, going to Alex Box Stadium and winning both games. Swept them. Swept the Tigers and Alex Box in two highly entertaining games. They won the first game 6-4. to four. I know they came back. I know they were losing most of that game as well. Came back and won that. And then they won a 12-inning thriller on Sunday to send Mike Martin in his final season coaching the Knolls to Omaha. His 17th time to take the Knolls to Omaha. That's Florida State's 23rd time overall. Yeah, that's a lot. And they still haven't won a natty. They still haven't won a natty. You know, people... Here's a fact for you. The two best teams never to win a natty, Florida State and Mississippi State. Hands down, hands freaking down. But 42 straight seasons under Mike Martin that he has coached the Knowles to 40-plus wins. That's an absolute incredible stat. Yes, I said that correctly. 42 straight seasons of 40 plus wins. That's phenomenal. I don't know how they've never won a natty. That's still remarkable to me. They got a record of 28 and 45 in Omaha. Yeah, not too much success there, but they played a lot of games. They played a lot of games in Omaha. Haven't had much success. 28 and 45. They had four guys drafted this past year. Just four for the Knowles. Uh, Third baseman, Drew Mendoza. That's a fun name to say. Mendoza. Francisco, Francisco Mendoza, third baseman, drafted by the Nationals in the third round. Then they had a right-hand pitcher, J.C. Flowers. He was drafted in the fourth by the Pirates. Uh, Then they had Drew Parrish, a left-handed pitcher. He was also drafted in the eighth round. And then their shortstop, Mike Salvatore, another cool name. 
He was drafted in the ninth round by the Mariners. So four guys drafted for the Noles. Four guys drafted for the Noles. They're making their 23rd appearance all time in Omaha, Nebraska. Let's keep her rolling. Let's go to Louisville, who absolutely steamrolled through their super. Beat East Carolina 14-1 in game one and then 12-0 in game two. The East Carolina was just outmatched. And they were outmanned, and Louisville put it to them. Louisville absolutely took it to them. The games were never close. Never close at all. Not close one bit. Louisville's making their fifth appearance in Omaha. They got a career record of 2-8 and eight, uh, at the College World Series, so they have just a few wins. I know one of those was against the Dogs back in the day, I think maybe 07, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's right. They had, and the Cardinals, they had eight guys drafted this past year. First baseman was drafted. First baseman uh, Logan Wyatt drafted by the Giants in the second round, and then their uh, their stud on the mound, Michael McGavin, right-handed pitcher, drafted in the third round by who? The Cubbies. That's right. He could be doing something big. He could be doing something big for the Cubs in the future. Watch out for my man Michael. McGavin, I believe that's how you say his name. I know, I'm pretty sure he was the one who got suspended for saying like that was a horrible call. For some reason, he shouldn't, didn't deserve the suspension, but he got it. I think that happened in the regional. Then they also had their shortstop Tyler Fitzgerald. He was drafted in the fourth round by the Giants, and left-handed pitcher Nick Bennett was drafted in the sixth round, goat number, by the Brew Crew, by the Brew Crew. So Louisville. The old Louisville Cardinals making their fifth appearance in the College World Series. Let's now go on to the surprise of the bunch. The Michigan Wolverines who upset the number one team in the nation, the UCLA Bruins, a team that hadn't lost a series all year. Michigan, Michigan travels across country, goes to the West Coast, and beats them in a great series. They went 3-2 in game one. Drop, drop game two, five to four in 12 innings. And then win game three, four to two to send them on to Omaha for their eighth time. Yep, that's right. Eighth time in school history. I didn't mess that up. And there you have a 12 and 12 record. A 12 and 12 record in Omaha. So they, you know, they know how to win. They know how to win. I haven't been there in years, but they know how to win. And get this. Here's a fact for you. Here's a fact for you. Of, of the eight teams in Omaha, guess who has the most national championships? It's not Vandy. It's not Arkansas. It's not Auburn. It's not State. It's Michigan, baby. That's right. Michigan has two natties. They won in 62 and 53. So, hey, they're a team that knows how to win. They've done it before. And what they're going up against, going up against a good, solid Texas Tech team, a team they've already played this year. We'll get into that a little bit later on the show. But Michigan had five guys drafted, uh, highlighted by their two studs on the mound. They had Tommy Henry, left-handed pitcher, drafted in the second round by the D-backs. Then right-handed pitcher Carl Kaufman. He was drafted in the second round as well by the Rockies. And then their outfielder, uh, outfielder Jordan Brewer, drafted in the third round. So it sounds like they got maybe one good bat, one guy you don't want, don't want to beat you. And it sounds like it's Jordan Brewer. Don't let that guy beat you if you're the Red Raiders. But, hey, shout out to Michigan. Eight-time school history going to Omaha. Now let's go to the Texas Tech Red Raiders, who will be facing off against the Wolverines. Texas Tech, 
just like the Hogs and just like the Dogs, make it back-to-back appearances in the College World Series. And this is their fourth time in school history. They have a record of 2-6 and six in Omaha. Have a few wins, but more losses, just like most of the teams. Two wins, four losses, but I think this team's on a mission. Shout out to my man, Cam Warden. I know your birthday's probably coming up. I remember last year in Omaha. Saw you at the bar. And go, your birthday. A guy buy you a drink. So went to the bar, bought him a drink. Of course, he got a Red Bull vodka, and I had to get a Red Bull vodka. And just like that, there's $18 down the, down the drink. <laughs> yeah, 18 bucks. Like, dang it, he got a free Red Bull vodka. I just wanted him to get a beer. Oh, well. Oh, well. But Texas Tech had a great Super Regional. Uh, they're a Big 12 rival in Oklahoma State. All three games were very entertaining. Uh, game one, Texas Tech won 8-6. to six. Game two, the Cowboys won 6-5. to five. And then game three, Texas Tech came back in the eighth inning. They were down, um, I forgot what they were down. I think they scored four runs in the eighth. I think they were down 6-4 and scored four runs in the eighth to win the decisive game 8-6 to six, to send their guys, to send the Raiders of Lubbock back to the College World Series. What a year it has been for the Red Raiders. Final four berth, national championship appearance in basketball, and then now going back to the College World Series. Good year for the Raiders. They had seven guys drafted, uh, highlighted by their first rounder, Josh Jung. A big, big, huge guy with a lot of pop in his bat. He was drafted eighth overall by the Rangers. They had uh, the quick guy, Gabe Holt, uh, second baseman, drafted in the seventh round. And then their start of the mound, uh, Caleb Killian. Right-hand pitcher drafted in the eighth round by the Giants. That's their guys. And I'm excited to see the Red Raiders. I'm glad they're there. I love those people. Love all their fans. They're they're up there with Stanford and Central Michigan. They got great people there, too. They got really good people there, too. So Red Raiders, fourth time in school history. Coming back to Omaha. Let's now go to the Vanderbilt Commodores, who had a tough task a little bit. Uh, taking on the Duke Blue Devils and their sipper, the ultimate nerd bowl. I mean, uh, what was everybody's GPAs during uh, on the field that game? You know, everybody had like a perfect ACT score. You know, the whole shabam, bunch of nerds, probably really smart guys. But Vanderbilt has 13 guys drafted, uh, highlighted by J.J. Bladé, first-round pick, fourth overall by the Marlins. They also had their Friday night guy, Drake Fellows, who was drafted in the sixth round. Philip Clark, catcher, was drafted in the ninth. Shortstop, Ethan Paul, I swear that guy never makes an error, was drafted in the ninth. Uh, then they have Steven Scott, outfitter, was also drafted in the tenth. But Vanderbilt has the most players drafted in the field of Omaha, I think in the entire country even, maybe. Thirteen guys drafted. They have, they're making their fourth appearance in Omaha, fourth appearance in school history. They have a great record, 11-6. That's right, 11-6. They got a winning record. In Omaha at the College World Series, highlighted by their 2014 National Championship. Yes, right. They won that natty. Shout out to the SEC. They kept it there. And they're going to be a tough team. They're going up against a very high-confident Louisville team who steamrolled East Carolina. That's going to be a fun game to watch. They're on the dog side of the bracket. So it's going to be great. I'll give predictions later on here in the next segment. But it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. The last one is our dogs, of course. We are making our 11th appearance in Omaha. Back-to-back years. Going back to Omaha. Holla at the Blatt. 
Holla at the Mattress Factory. Get your tabs open. Holla at lefties. Hey, get my, just go ahead and open up the tabs, baby. Go ahead. And you know what? Put down 20% for yourself. Actually, make it 30% for yourself. Go ahead and tell them. Keeping it rolling. Dogs are making their 11th appearance. They have a rec- career record of 12 and 20. Yeah, 12 and 20. Not too great. Um, but hey, this is a different year. Different year. 11, I'm telling 11th time. Magic 11, lucky one, 11-11, make a wish. And the dogs had 11 people drafted. That's the second most on the field of Omaha. Highlighted by Ethan Small, of course, first round pick. Y'all know that by the Brew Crew. And then, of course, Bangum Mangum finally getting drafted where he deserves in the fourth round by the Mets. He had Colby White, the guy who could sling it, drafted in the sixth round, goat number, by the Rays. And then Tristan Barlow drafted in the 16th by the Rockies. I'll just go through the whole list. Dustin Skelton was drafted in the 18th by the Marlins. Uh, Lee Belt, 20th round by the D-backs. Then we had Keegan James, 25th by the Rockies. Marshall Gilbert, great guy, good senior. What a nine-hole that is. 29th round by the Pirates. My man Peyton Plumley getting having a great comeback year. He gets drafted in the 31st by the Astros. Cole Gordon, we begged him to come back. And what happens? He gets drafted. He gets to live out a dream. And then Tanner Allen, of course, got drafted in 34th, but I expect to see him back in Starkville next year. So, hey, shout out to the dogs. The field of Omaha is set, and I can't freaking wait. Boom, 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 boom. Hum, babe, let's keep it rolling. Uh, Let's go into weekend predictions. Let's do it. Let me tell you who's going to come out of each bracket, and then ultimately... Who is going to be dogpiling in Omaha? Let me tell you right now. Let's first go over. Let me tell you about how each team has done against the other teams in Omaha. And let's start with Vandy. Vandy is 8-1 versus the teams in Omaha. 8-1. They took 2-3 from the Hogs. They swept Auburn. Beat Louisville 6-2, who they're about to match up with. So remember that. They beat Louisville 6-2. And then they beat Auburn again in the SEC tourney, 11-1 in a, it was a run rule. They had to call the game short. And then they beat the Dogs, of course, 1-0 in a pitcher's duel between Drake Fellows and Ethan Small. So Vandy's 8-1 against the teams in Omaha. Arkansas is 6-3 versus the teams in Omaha. They took 2-3 from Auburn. They swept the Dogs. They absolutely just embarrassed the Dogs. They absolutely killed us. And then they lost two or three to Vandy. So they're six and three versus the teams. Texas Tech is three and one. They lost to the Dogs early in the year in a cold, frigid game down in Frisco. They lost to the Dogs four to two. JT Ginn was lights out that game. And they also swept Michigan earlier this year, who they, who that's who they're facing off in round one. And as you know, it's tough to beat a good team four times. So we'll see. We'll, we'll let you know how I predict it. Then we got Louisville, who's two and two versus the teams. They lost to Vandy, as I said earlier, 6-2. Then they took 2-3 from Florida State in the year uh, in the regular season. Florida State's 1-2 against the teams in Omaha. They lost 2-3 to Louisville. The Dogs are 3-5 th- versus teams in Omaha. They beat Tech 4-2 behind JT Ginn. They took 2-3 from Auburn in a wild series. Who they're, who that's who we're matching up against. Wild series. I mean, we lost the Ethan's. Well, it's the Friday night game. Ethan Small pitch, but Ethan Small was spectacular. 
I believe Kobe White kind of blew that game out of the pin late in the game, and we lost that game six to five. But then we came back and steamrolled them in game two. It was like fourteen to two, I think. I then that Sunday game was you know the longest game ever. It was like twenty something to fifteen or something like that. You know, just a high scoring game, left and right. There was no pitching. Everybody's ERA went skyrocketing that game. It was crazy. It was nuts. So the Dogs took two or three from Auburn, and then they got swept by the Hogs. And then I told you earlier, lost that one nothing game to Vandy. But I looked for us to get revenge on that one. So the Dogs are three and five versus the teams. Auburn is two and eight versus the teams in Omaha. They got swept by Vandy. And then they lost to Vandy in the SEC tourney, 11-1. Uh, Arkansas took two or three from Auburn, so they only took one there. And then they only took one versus the Dogs, which I just explained. So Auburn, 2-8. and eight. And then we got Michigan, they're 0-3 versus the field in Omaha. They got swept by Texas Tech. But, hey, they face them all first. So let's see. Let's go with my predictions. And let me tell you what's going to happen. Let's start with Texas Tech and Michigan. I said earlier, I think I think Michigan's just kind of happy to be there. I think they've already like, okay, this is already, you know, we've already exceeded expectations. This is great. This is awesome. And I don't see them doing too hot in Omaha. I look Texas Tech to win that one. And they're in a great game between Florida State and Arkansas, also on that side of the bracket. Mike Martin coaching his last year. His players are playing for him. They seem highly motivated. They steamroll through the Athens regional. Then they so they beat two SEC teams already. They beat, went to Georgia, won that regional. And then they went to LSU, won that regional. And you got you to gotta, you gotta like their chances versus the Hogs. You got to like their chances versus the Hogs. Hogs coming in, of course, they're on a mission as well. So we all remember my man, my man Shaddy Daddy dropped that fly ball. They came so close to winning a natty, got one out of way. And then we all know that story. Oregon State ends up winning the national championship last year. So the Hogs are on a mission. But I'm going with the Mike Martins here. I'm going with the Knowles. I'm saying the Knowles are going to beat the Hogs. And then I think the Knowles are going to come out of this bracket. That's right. I think the Florida State Seminoles will be playing for a national championship. I think Arkansas will beat Michigan. And then Arkansas will play Texas Tech. And I think Arkansas will beat Tech. And I just don't see Arkansas beating uh, Florida State twice. I got the Knowles. The Florida State Seminoles marching on to the national championship. All right. Let's go to the other side of the bracket. We got Louisville and Vandy squaring off. It's going to be a great game. Louisville playing with all sorts of confidence after they just steamrolled East Carolina. Vandy, you know, coming off, they lost game one to Duke, 18-5. to five. And then, oh, I didn't even mention this about my man uh, Kumar throwing that no-hitter. In game two with 19K burgers, an absolute incredible performance. Uh, the first no-hitter no in Super Regional history, I believe. He was lights out. He wasn't pitching like a freshman, I can tell you that. And he was a stud. And then they steamrolled Duke in game three, the decisive game, 13-2. to two. Good season for Duke. Um, but, hey, Vanny's just, they're on a mission. As we all know, they had a... Their freshman year, the senior class, their freshman year, they had a player die on their team, and I still think this team is just playing for them. I think they're motivated, and it's going to be a great game versus Louisville. But I got Vandy here. I got Vandy beating Louisville. I think they will win this one. And then let's go to the bottom half. We got the dogs, baby. 
Primetime game. Father's Day. Father's Day night. Taking on the Auburn Tigers. I've already had success on. Butch Thompson coming in hot. Great coach. Used to coach for the Dogs. Bringing his Auburn Tigers squad to Omaha. But I think Ethan Small and company will be starting Ethan Small. I, I just think we're too electric. I think our bats are hot. I think we're everything's clicking. And I just think it's destiny. I just think it's destiny. I think the Dogs beat Auburn. And they move on to face Vandy in another SEC game. Huh, sure enough, half the field SEC teams. Go figure that, right? Go figure that. No one saw that coming. Yeah, we did. We all saw that coming. Don't lie. We all saw that coming. So I got the dogs moving on to play Vandy, and I think we'll be facing uh, Mr. Kumar Rocker himself, the guy who just had 19K burgers versus Duke with a no-hitter. I think we'll face him, and I'll – I don't think he'll be able to handle this moment. I think Omaha is going to be too much for him. I think the Dogs beat Vandy, and then Vandy will beat Louisville, and the Vandy will have to try to beat us twice, and good luck with that. It's not going to happen. Not like last year. It's not going to happen. There's no Pac-12 team in the field of Omaha. That's our kryptonite. Pac-12 teams are. There's none here. Dogs marching on to the national championship to face the Florida State Seminoles. And the fighting Mike Martins, just just like last year, we all remember Big Dick Mac walking them off in the regionals, sending them packing, and they're going to be trying to play for revenge for that game. But no, 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 no. This is the year. Dogs win the natty. Dogs win into take it to the bank. The first time in school history, the Mississippi State Bulldogs will win a national championship. I'm going to be getting a tattoo of Jake Mangum's face on me. Probably a tattoo of Big Dick Mac's face on me. The whole shabam. I'm probably, that's, hey, and nine months later, I'm going to conceive a child that night. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Rowdy Reed Parks will be born nine months from the day, from the evening we win the national championship. Those are all locks. Those are all locks. You got to believe that's happened. So I got the dogs. Taking on the Natty, just like I said at the beginning of the year, and everything is falling into place. The sixth seed, Mississippi State Bulldogs, the GOAT number, playing Stanford, my name, everything is exactly how I wanted. And the dogs are going to win a Natty, baby. The dogs win a Natty. And hey, that's all I got for y'all today. I appreciate y'all listening, as always. And I'll see you in Omaha, fools. See you in Omaha, baby. Woo!